Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. All right, are you ready? You telling me to bring it on? Uh, bring it on. All right, well, I won't hold back this morning then. I'll go ahead and just be myself. For those of you that are new, just want to warn you, I'm never not myself. It's, a, it's, an inside, it's an inside joke. You know, I was watching an interview this morning as I was sitting in the hot tub and... Um, don't just blot out that image in your mind. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Bless yourself this morning. But as I was sitting there, I was watching an interview with Marty McCary, who's a uh, doctor, a world-renowned physician, actually, vaccinologist, epidemiologist. I don't know what bracket he falls into, but he's a world-renowned doctor and a medical source on Fox News. And I was watching him being interviewed by Brian Kilmeade, wasn't live, it was recorded. And what all of, when I say my, I don't want you to think that I'm being prideful because I'm not being prideful. I'm actually just showing that if you study to show yourself approved, you won't be, you know, my people are destroyed for, right? So, I mean, the thing is, this is what I'm talking about is when all of this COVID stuff began, I started to, first of all, I smelled it. I smelled the sulfur coming out of hell. So I was like, you know what? And this is gonna cause some of you to get up and walk. I know, I get it. There's, there's people that stroll in here and they're like thinking this is a normal church and this is a Bible church. Amen. And as soon as, I, as soon as I start to rag on COVID stuff, people are like, well, you know, forget about the Bible. I was doing what I was told to do. Well, you'll end up with a mark on your forehead then. But I was watching this interview, and every suspicion that I had was true. Now, this Marty McCary, he's vaccinated himself, which I don't like. However, he's a truth teller. So he was talking about the NIH, i.e. NIAID, which is Fauci, they have a $45 billion budget. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. What have they ever done for you? Out of the $8 trillion that we sunk into COVID, what came for you? What, what came for you? I'm just curious. I mean, did they, did they come? Hello? Uh, we brought you your 10K. Any of that ever happened for you? But out of that $45 billion budget, they've never actually studied COVID. That's a fact. Everybody did what they were ordered to do. It just came out that what Anthony Fauci did was dispatch one of his demonic minions over to China to emulate their response. China right now, which is basically breaking out in revolution because people can't take it anymore. Oh, it's over, it's over. No, we're about to enter into 32 months and 15 days to flatten the curve. We just entered into another, we are still in a state of emergency, which goes through April 23rd of 2023. Easy to remember, 23rd of 2023. 
It's not remotely over. It's just a matter of vacillating between one crisis to another to try to bring you into submission and leverage you into a one-world commerce system with a singular access point controlled by a tyrant, which, by the way, is not, that's not politics. That's called the book of Revelation, chapter 13, the book of Revelation, chapter 14. That's what this is. So Marty McCurry was doing this interview, and all of my suspicions has come, have come to light. None of this was ever researched. No, not one slide. Anthony Fauci never spent one second with a slide under a microscope looking at anything. Not one second. Just so you know, he was waiting for all the studies to come in, but never used one dime of his $45 billion budget to study it himself. And by the way, he's allegedly a world-renowned epidemiologist and vaccinologist. Allegedly. But they all came with the approach that this was HIV, which basically had a 0% at the time. If those of you who remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, HIV, which is the virus that causes AIDS, had a 0% survival rate. And they all approached it that way and just kept the narrative the entire time. That's what happened. They were treating a viral infection like HIV on purpose to leverage you, to bring you into submission. And they're gonna do the exact same thing with climate change. Let's ask this question. What studies are there exactly? The big enemy is CO2, right? So they tell you the big enemy is CO2, which comprises 0.04% of the atmosphere. Of that 0.04% of the atmosphere, 3% of that is caused by humanity. And they will use that to leverage you into a one world commerce system with a singular access point controlled by a tyrannical government. That's what you, listen, you have got to learn to stand and study to show yourself approved. You think the devil's gonna come at you as the devil or as an angel of light? Look at how we're gonna come in. We're coming to save you. There, we all have masks on, fully vaccinated and getting sicker than we've ever been sick before in our lives, but we're coming as an angel of light. You've got to learn to say, you know what? That is false. You have to do it. You cannot worry about what Aunt Mimi will think. Who cares? She'll be wearing that glistening quantum dot tattoo on her forehead. As I said, not one thing was ever looked under a microscope. Scott Atlas testified to this. Scott Atlas, world-renowned physician and researcher out of Stanford who was added very late onto Trump's COVID response task force, came in and said, Deborah Burks and Anthony Fauci, Anthony Fauci were laughably unprepared they, didn't, they were mispronouncing medical terms and never came with a study. It's kind of funny that he said that, right? Because you're talking about somebody who came from the University of Stanford where you have the Axe Force Lionitis study that came out right at the beginning, which showed COVID to be 99.9% .9 survivable post-infection. He never came with any of those studies. Why? Because it would violate the narrative and violate the agenda, which is to get people to vaccine passports 
which is now put in the infrastructure for CBDC currency. All of that infrastructure was put in. You're like, Tom, this is dark and gloomy. It's not dark and gloomy at all. It's not remotely over. Amen. It's not remotely over. The, all of the stuff that's going on with central bank digitized currency, CBDC, all that's happening right now is in the research phase. Except for institutionalized countries like Ukraine, which is fully digitized. China, which is fully digitized. You have your social credit system, everything else right in place. There is no currency in Ukraine. It is all digital currency. So you wonder where are our billions going? They're going in digitized currency. How do they do that? They just make it out of thin air. But everybody, if you look at the world map, I put it on the podcast, and it was colored by where people are at with digitized currency. Mostly everybody's in the research or trial phase. So all that has to happen is what didn't happen in 2020, is that the church of the world, the evangelical church, the worldwide church must stand. You have to stand. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Galatians chapter one, verse 10. You cannot worry about what people think. Everybody's an apologist. Everybody's an appeaser. Don't be like them. This is hardcore stuff. Christianity is real. This is real. It's life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Amen? Amen. But basically, everything that I've been telling you is now being confirmed by world-renowned physicians. Not a soul looked into. When they said six feet, where'd they get that from? They got it from 1917. That was made up in 1917 with the Spanish flu. That's where they got it from. That's an absolute fact. And why is everything redacted, by the way? You're like, Tom, you talk about this all the time. I know, it drives me nuts. Why, why is everything? You know, they have this big hearing going on in Canada right now over their Emergency Powers Act that they enacted during the threat to the world, the trucker convoy. But you, the only threat there ever was was one government plant in the crowd with a Confederate flag in Canada. But they're having a, a, a trial now with this, and Justin, Justin Trudeau is up there trying to justify all of his actions. Well, one of his actions was to shut down people's bank accounts. They can't do that if it's not, if it's not digital currency. They can't. People are always thinking uh, psychological, I'll fall back on cash. If you go digital, there is no cash. There is no gold. So the church has to stand now. Now. It's a serious business. It's serious. It doesn't mean now for the rest of the day you go home and you put on ominous music. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're not happy, you're not going to win. The Lord sits in heaven laughing. 
The joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's not about being ominous. I don't spend my life living with an ominous lifestyle, even though I know all of these things, because I spend a lot of time looking into these things. But I don't let it, I do not let it make my life ominous. Because you know really what has changed? People thought it was all over in the 1940s. I mean, you had World War II raging. You had, right after that, 1948, you had Jerusalem. I mean, you had, you had Israel reforming. There was wars and rumors of wars, calamities all around the globe. There's just a set of ingredients that has to be in place. No one knows about that day or hour. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, not even Jesus, but only the Father. So there's no point in saying, you know what, then a lot of Christians shut it down. I'll just wait for the Lord to come back. It's not what he has for you. That's not a ministry is to, to sit there and wait for the Lord to come back. To sit there and have ominous music playing in your mind over and over again. What you should be doing is living the opposite of the world. What are they telling everybody to do? Birth rates around the globe, especially with white people, as white people seem to, every, all, all white people are so guilt-ridden. Not me. I don't have an ounce of guilt. The thing about, I mean, why is anybody proud of anything having to do with the melanin content in your skin? Why do you care? Whether you lack it or you have it, it's got nothing to do with you. But everybody, people are, are just are so easily victimized. You should feel bad about you because you're white. You're like, what is this, some kind of white supremacist church? Well, the moment you don't bow to the narrative, that's what you become. That's, and, and here's the thing. You can apologize all you want. They're still gonna label you a misogynist, a racist, a homophobe, a transophobe. It doesn't matter how often you apologize or, or how often you say, I'm not a racist. I'm not homophobic, I'm not transphobic, I'm not misogynist. They're still gonna label you that anyway. So for me, I just go against the grain. I just don't care. But white people are, so white people are having no babies. Because, they, because you've only, according to AOC, and according to all the other leftists that are buying beachfront property everywhere, the world's going to end at any moment. We have, we was 12 years, three years ago, so now we only have nine years left. And all the, the international, transnational companies that are all leftist, all ESG companies, are all buying oceanfront property everywhere. So they have an, a high environmental social governance score. You can think about, I want you to think about 1984, that is. And they have a high ESG score, and yet they're buying up oceanfront property that's supposed to be, the, the ice caps are supposed to melt and flood all those areas. And then all the Christians do what those people tell them to do. The, the people who are living in abject hypocrisy. All the Christians do what they're told. You know what? We better not have babies, you know, because you know what? The gas coming out of that kid. <laughs> when both ends. 
The heat coming out of that kid just warms the earth. So easily buy into every narrative. Do the opposite. If you're, if you're a baby uh, bearing age, pop out a lot of those puppies. I don't care. I don't care whether you're black, white, Hispanic. I don't care. Pop them out. Go, listen, get married. Enjoy your life. You don't know how many years we have left. With the Lord, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, my dear. Whenever the Bible says one thing, you know what you ought to focus on? That one thing. But do not forget this one thing, my dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? Because of which the heavens will be dissolved being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. That's how you live. Amen. But it was all a lie. And you've got to see it reflected in the book of Revelation. Let me launch, let me launch with this. Psalm 139.16, hardcore turn into the message right now. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. I didn't give you guys any of these verses. It's not your fault, it's mine. I threw these in at the last second. And in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. I want to put this out to you today. Do you know that your entire life, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your resume says. I don't care what sins you've committed. This person that's yelling at you right now is chief among sinners. Doesn't matter what sins you've committed. Your, all of your days are written in a book. Even before you live them. Because he's the God that sees yesterday, today, and forever. He sees the present. He sees the past. He sees the future. But your days are in a book. Well, I don't really like that because I'm an American. You can not like it or like it all you want. He's Yahweh. You're not. I'm not. Your days are in a book. And in your book, they all were written. You're like, well, I've blown up my life. No, you haven't. This time of great acceleration. As we fast forward to the end of days, it's a great opportunity to gain lost time. Revelation 20, verse 10. And I saw the dead, small and great, Stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. Every last second of your life is chronicled in a book, past, present, and future. Every last one. Where do you get this from, Tom? Look at Psalm 37, 23, and 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. 
Jeremiah 1, 4, and 5, the prophet is called. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So you are ordained as a blank before the nations. I don't know what you're called. Jeremiah was called to be a prophet. I don't know what you are called to do or what you are called to be. But God does because it's in your book. Well, I've blown up my whole life. Well, better is one day. Psalm 84.10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. So come out from the tents of the wicked now. Better is one day. And you know the parable of the servant. You could come in last and still get just as much pay. All the, all the Christians. I've been serving God my whole life and they come in. They get a, they get a big ministry. Well, there's a reason why you don't. Which, which, by the way, the title of today's message is being your own false prophet. This one's going to sting. But it's, I, I bring this to you so that you know everything is orderly. His thoughts, his ways, Isaiah 55, 8, 9, are above ours. You're not going to get it. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all his efforts to search it out, man cannot discover its meaning. Even if a wise man claims he knows, he cannot really comprehend it. Ecclesiastes 8.17. Don't try to figure it out. I'm just telling you, all of your days are ordained and written. The question is, will you cooperate? But do not worry, because Romans 11.29 says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Well, I'm a fallen pastor. I once led a church, but I fell into immorality. It, it, your gifts and your calls are irrevocable. I've blown up my whole life. I'm 64 years old. I'm living with a woman right now. Well, kick her out and get your life right. Or vice versa. Kick him out and get your life right. So drawing from the well that we've been drawing from over the last couple weeks, I ask you, what well do you draw from? What is your source in life? For most everybody in this room, your source is you. And by the way, I include myself in that. Your source is you. God has been drilling me with a specific verse. And it's not good. I didn't say drilling you. I said drilling me. He keeps telling me, no man can serve two masters, Tom. For either he will love the one and hate the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. By the way, just so you know, that's true. I'm gonna get deep into that in a second, but there is no both. You can't serve two masters. Listen, God's telling me that. You can't serve two masters. What he's talking to me about is my mind. You can't serve your mind and serve me. 
As Jonathan Shuttlesworth says, you know what? The mind is a great tool, but it's a horrible master. That's why you have an epidemic of mental illness in, this, in our society and around the world. Is everybody serving their feelings? Feelings. Everybody's doing that. You can't serve two masters, so I'm asking you. We'll get back to that later. What well do you draw from? When you are thirsty, where do you go? The Holy Spirit or the flesh? Maybe the Antichrist spirit. If it's not the Bible, then it's anti-word. Jesus is the word, John chapter one, verse one. John chapter one, verse 14. First John chapter five, verse seven. Jesus is the word. So if it's a Jesus that is devoid of the word, if they're omitting the word, avoiding the word, or adding to the word, it's antichrist spirit. If you are at a church that is obfuscating the Bible to fill the pews, it is a church that is operating in the antichrist spirit. Just go form a moose lodge, an elk's lodge, a VFW, whatever you want to do, but stop calling it a church. You're just heaping together teachers for your itching ears and heaping together a coagulation of humanity. For what purpose? I don't know. I, I, I would guess it's 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, the love of money, since that's the root of all kinds of evil. What false prophet do most people follow? I already gave you the hint. Aaron got it. Since the title of today's message series is, or message is being your own false prophet. I ask you once again, what false prophet do most people follow? There you go. And I apply this just as much to myself as anybody in this room. Every stupid thing I've done in my life, I was following Prophet Tom. (laughs) The world-renowned prophet. Prophet. Here he comes, ooh, ah, let's screw up our life even worse. (laughs) So I'm gonna use some of these verses that you've heard me use. Well, these first couple you haven't heard me use very much, but we're gonna go into some ones that I use regularly. What false prophet do most people follow? I'll tell you this, let me lay this groundwork for this. Most of us don't do that. Most of us, would never be part of David Koresh's branch Davidians. But a lot of Christians jumped into being a branch Covidian because they followed a different false prophet. In their own, that their, the, the false prophet that they followed was a compliant self. It's actually what they followed. Our, now, do we have a tendency to follow false prophets? In our culture, most of us are, don't go. I mean, I, I know this church. I actually know this community really well. I've been here since 1980. I know this community. This is not a community that's overly vulnerable to some guy or girl coming in 
with a white suit on or a white angelic dress and having a bunch of people come follow them. We're not very vulnerable to that. It's like this area doesn't do well with satellite churches. It's just a community thing. I guess, they, I guess other cultures inside of the United States do well with satellite churches, but they bomb here. They bomb. People don't like to come in, have live worship, and a piped-in message from Houston, Texas. They don't like it. And it's the same thing culturally, is that we are not very prone to follow a man or a woman false prophet. Well, listen, I'm not saying that people don't get tidbits of information, but I mean, on the whole, we don't go and seek out. It's not a real problem in our culture. Because, and, and it's not necessarily that that's a great thing or a good thing. It's really a nominal thing. Because a lot of it is we're so ungodly that we're not really, we don't really uh, get into the spiritual realm very much like they did in biblical days. So they were very vulnerable to almost anything because they were living. But they were also very pliable to the miraculous. So it's a give or a take. And what steadies all of that? What steadies it all is the word. And then you know, you know what, that's right, that's right. But you also don't close yourself out. You don't despise prophesying. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22. You don't shut it all off. But you also weigh out what the prophet says. If the prophet says what's in conjunction with the word, then you can go with it. But when a prophet says, you know what? I see that in five years from now, you'll no longer be married. You'll be a missionary to the world because you have forsaken everything. It's all against the word. So what false prophet do most people follow? We follow ourselves. 2 Peter 2.15, they have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. Now, I am talking about a specific false prophet here, but I want you to keep it in the context of your mind being your number one false prophet and layer that into, the scriptures, into these scriptures. 2 Peter 2.16-19, but he was rebuked for his iniquity, Balaam. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. Again, ask yourself, am I Balaam, son of Baor, who loved the wages of wickedness? Now, how, do, how does this apply? Because most Christians will go through a phase in their Christianity where they've discovered a new revelation of grace. The cussing comes back in. The wine comes back into the house. Look at, you know, we just, we just discovered that, you know, God's full of grace and, you know, God's just full of effing grace and <laughs> it's effing great. Pour me another one, honey. Cut me some cannabis out from the backyard. Let's get wide. This new grace. Let's have our daiquiri and margarita Bible studies. Let's get loose. They're following Balaam, son of Beor, which is their own false prophet, and they're loving the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. 
Verse 17, 2 Peter 2, 17. These are wells without water. The sinful mind, your own false prophet, is hostile toward God. These are wells without water. Clouds carried by a tempest. That means clouds carried by a storm. For whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. This is written to the Christians in Jerusalem. Now a lot of people, they love John chapter 3 verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So let's look. Our, a lot of people who believe that they are born of the Spirit are actually following, are actually following a false prophet of their own mind that, which is hostile toward God. But they believe, you know, the wind just blows where it wishes. So let's ask this question. Is it the wind or are you a storm? If it's always a storm, wherever you go, there's lack, there's confusion, there's no progress, then you're not being led by the Spirit. You're a cloud that's carried by a storm, and that storm is your own false prophecy. And how do you know? By the fruit and by the word. I know so many Christians, they never plug into a church. And believe me, not, not many churches are worthy of being plugged into anymore. However, when you do find the one, T-H-E-E, the one, but yet always something comes to you and says it's time to move on. I'm looking at you. You know it's you. So it's time to move on. I believe that God has called us. The wind blows where it wishes. We're a pastor of pastors. He's moved us to another town. Happens to always be Tennessee, North Carolina. And then we get sick, it always ends up being back to Florida. Then back to the mountains. Then back to Florida. Never, they never send you to Missouri. God, and you always speak, and you always listen. You can always find, you always know. You're like, Tom, this is false judgment. I don't care. <laughs> you can always tell people are full of it by how they inflect with their voice. You notice how I don't change at all? I, I, I just talk the way that I talk. I don't ever change. I don't ever try to sound spiritual. The people who always try to sound spiritual, they throw different Names, hi, beloved of God. Hi, <laughs> cherished one of Jesus. Stop with your religion. That makes the word of God of no effect. But every time they are called to plant, see, they won't humble themselves in the sight of the Lord. James chapter four, verse 10. And then he will lift you up, James chapter four, verse 10. They won't humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. First Peter, uh, First Peter 5, 6, and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. They won't do it. They won't come in because they're a pastor of pastors. They're prophets. We're apostles. 
Apostles of what? You have no ministry. Everywhere you go, you have no money, and there's confusion in your family. You're not, you're not led by the Spirit. You're a cloud carried by a storm. You're a false prophet for your own self. Notice I didn't say anything about going to heaven or hell this morning, did I yet? Yet. You can live like that your whole life. As long as you're not living in unrepentant sin, you got, your, you got saved 27 years ago, you can live as a false prophet to yourself for 27 years and you got run over by a train and go to heaven. But you will have wasted your life. And this life is very important. Souls are in the balance, including your own and your kids. So back to 2 Peter, starting in verse 18, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. For when they, just think of this as yourself, for when I, for when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. They lure themselves back into error. While they promise them liberty, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. Listen to this now. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. So what, if you are going to be overcome, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Jesus speaking. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. So here's the thing. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. We're free. We're free. No, no. Everywhere you go, there's lack, confusion, and no progress and defeat. You're, pro you're, you're preaching liberty, but you're living bondage. For by whom a person is overcome. Who will overcome you? Will you take on his yoking or will you choose your own? I'm not talking heaven and hell right now. I'm talking about success. Quiet in here. See, this is, you know, this is why I'm not a big rah-rah guy. People will... You're great preaching. You'll be like, Tom, you're a hypocrite. We've seen you rah-rah. I do. I just said I'm not a big rah-rah guy. I didn't say I'm not a rah-rah guy at all. I'm not a big rah-rah guy. Because every time people talk about the great, your greatest days are ahead, God's going to come through, all that's true. But what, you know, whatever it is, real positive things, your blessing's coming. Sow seed, your blessing's coming. See, I know the work that's going to have to take place to get to there, get to that place. Work? How dare you, Tom? In the age of grace, talk about work. That's just the entire book of James. And, men, and, and, and a ton of what Jesus said. How dare you talk about faith without works is dead. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by what I do. 
James chapter 2, verse 18. I know the work that will have. So when you, you want your greatest days to be ahead. You want healing, prosperity. Everyone, yay, yay, yay. And all those people have been yang for 37 years. Have never been healed, have never prospered, and never been delivered. Why? But yet they're still going to the services. They're still going to the prosperity services, which I love. I believe 100% in prosperity. Deliverance services, I believe 100% in deliverance. I believe 100% in healing. I believe 100% that your greatest days are ahead of you right now. But just yaying those things, hey, woo, jump up and down, got the organist plays, everyone starts doing the Potomac two-step. In my mind, I'm thinking, those, that's correct. But there's work that's gonna have to take place because you're gonna have to dispel unbelief because obviously there's unbelief because you haven't experienced it yet. What are, you, what are you talking about, Tom? Well, let's look. Look at this. I just, all this, sorry guys back there. I didn't give you any of this. This popped into my beautiful mind right before the service. What are you talking about? Well, you know, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 says, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Do these things. Yay, greatest days. I'm healed. I'm restored. I'm prospered. Well, you're going to have to put the work in. Unless you're already there. If you're experiencing it, then you've already, you're already there. If you're not experiencing it, you're a cloud carried by a tempest. Yay! Okay. What do you want, dead silence? No, listen. You should boldly proclaim what's going to happen. And boldly proclaim the word. And rejoice in it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. But no, you're going to have to work. Especially if you're an American. We have it all. If someone drops in this service, 911's right around the corner. Do that in New Delhi. You can dial 911 all you want. 911. There ain't no 911. There ain't no police. There is no ambulance. There, are, there is no bay flight. And so in America, we already have it all. We have a staunch foundation of unbelief. So we hear these things, and we're like, yes, it's coming. Not unless you put the time in. Well, let's look. So I, I, I quoted to you 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Let's lay the groundwork for it in verse 5, starting in verse 5. Well, you know what? Let's go even before that. In, ver, in, in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So that's who we are. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We can be partakers of the divine nature. That's who you are. You are special. You are one of the very few that has actually escaped hell's flames. As narrow as the way and few find it. Now what will you do with it? Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Philippians 3.16. So when I hear... Great, our greatest days are ahead. God's going to come through. I believe all that, 
But there's a hesitancy on the inside of me because I'm asking myself, will I and will all the shouters actually do what it takes to get what they are shouting about? Nobody preaches this but me. And that's why for, for decades, hallelujah, my bills are going to be paid. No, they aren't. Because you're not going to put the time in. You're going to turn the screen back on and the unbelief is going to stay. It's why Christians live in a, oftentimes in a perpetual fantasy realm. I see revival coming. You said that since 1984. When's it coming? When's it going to be here? That's one long journey. I got to walk to California and back between those two, those two times. They, they just love to live in delusion because then they get to obfuscate responsibility. If you want to get rid of unbelief, how bait this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. You're going to have to put time in. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God, it's not going to happen. Just go, hey, okay, well, that's great. But now you gotta, you got to be still and know that he's God. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Remember what I just told you. That you, just, you have received great and precious promises. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. That's the verse before. So now we're in verse five. How do you get there? And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. What? That's not what I've been told. I've been told that I'm a twig on the river of God. Yes, I'm quoting from planes, trains, and automobiles. Skull at the flow. <laughs> and beside this, giving all diligence, which means what? What does that mean? What does it mean, giving all diligence? I'm, I almost skipped over that. What does that mean? That means day in, day out, prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship. Oh, this is a workspace church. I see you're going to hell if you don't do it. Then how is it workspace? I'm saying you'll never raise the dead, you will never prosper. You will never be healed. You have got to get rid of the unbelief. See, let me tell you this. Let me tell you how this works. Tom, like, you're like, Tom, get to the Bible and shut up. This is how it works. Back at the old church in Inglewood, it was right on 776. We weren't far off the road. You barely can hear. Like if a big truck goes by and Hits his horn right now, you can hear it inside this building. But other than that, you really can't hear. Plus, it's a really good soundproofed building. That's why it's so quiet in here. But back, remember those of you who went to the old church, you could hear everything that went by. I don't care if it was a, a, a Tesla. <laughs> you hear it go by, you know. You hear everything. That's what you call ambient noise. And I used to walk the neighborhood there and I listened to preaching. I just listen to it on my phone. I don't like wearing earbuds. It's kind of a cop thing. I don't like being vulnerable. I can't hear nothing. Everyone's such, a, everyone's such, such an automaton. Don't let me forget about talking about the church in case I go off. Ambient noise church. Everybody's such an automaton now. 
Everyone walks around. They, now, they, they make you blind, and that's not good enough. So now they got to make you deaf. So they jam things into your ears. Let me just, let me give you, this is just free, free advice. Put all that crap away, would you? Pull it out of your ears and stop staring at that stuff 24-7. Go for a walk alone without walking like this. And I hate when I think that people are walking at me and they're talking to me and they're talking on their phone. As they're talking through their earbuds. I don't even know how that works. Are you, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? I'm, I don't, I'm not part of this modern culture where everyone's just rude to each other. I, I actually try to engage with humanity. Oh, hello, how are you? You're like, Tom, you're mean. I'm really not that mean. Ask my friends. I engage with humanity. So back in the old church, I used to listen to, I'd go walk the streets and I'd listen to preaching on my phone. And since it wasn't in my ears with earbuds, it was just right here with an, you know, an iPhone, a decent volume. But when you left the church, you could barely hear it. Why? Because the, I was right next to the traffic. Was the volume any different? No, the ambient noise eliminated my ability to hear. If you don't get rid of it, you won't hear. You know what that takes? I had to walk from it. I can't just stand there and say, uh, God, turn up the volume. You don't change God. For I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and he's not going to turn up the volume for you. Walk away from the ambient noise. I've got at least one fellow deputy in this room. When you first start as a cop, you go into your police car and you will not hear it when they call you. You think that you will. You won't. I remember, I'm trying to remember my first call identifier back in 1992. We went by zones then. It's like zone 11 or something. And my field training officer told me, you know, they're going to call you on the radio, but you're not going to hear it, but it's okay. It's your first, first week. I'm like, what do you mean I won't hear it? I know who I am. I'm zone 11. He says, you won't hear it. And he was absolutely right. I'd be sitting there driving around. They're calling me on the radio for some hot call. He'd wait for them to call me three times, and then he'd tell me. Um, they've been calling you for the you know, last minute. And then when, when, they, when they don't hear long enough, then they actually tone alert you and wake you up. What? Who, who is it? Who's the idiot? Oh, it's me. Why? Because you're not trained. You're not trained to hear the radio. It's the same thing here. If you want to do great things, you're going to have to work at it. You have to work to discover the grace that you live under. That's why it's grace and works, faith and works. Without, without, without grace, without faith, works are dead. Without, without works, faith is dead. Dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. Oh, our greatest days are ahead. Let's run. Get the, get the fast music on. Get the fast music on. You were doing that 17 years ago for the same miracle that hasn't occurred. So what, don't you want to fix it? 
for revival's coming. Remember, oh, you can always tell by the tone of voice. Revival's coming. Revi revival will never happen for you. Because you talk like that. You, you, you do that instead, instead of studying. You do that instead of praying. You do that instead of worshiping. You're welcome. You, I'm just telling you. You can hope for God to come through for you for the rest of your life. He can't come through an unwilling vessel. He's right there, but you can't hear it. It's ambient noise. He's preaching. He's calling you on the radio, but you can't hear it yet. You're going to have to put the time in. Well, I'm busy. No, you're not. Your, your priorities are out of line. It's got nothing to do with the time. I'll preach this to you one last time. You know what? Some of you, your kids don't necessarily need to go to xylophone practice. They'll be all right. And if you're white and your lineage is a bunch of 5'8", slow white people, your son's not playing in the NFL. The NBA, MLB. I'm sorry. Listen, I played college football. I wasn't remotely good enough to play in the NFL. I played at UCF. I played with people who played in the NFL, and there's a big difference between me and them. Let alone your five foot seven, 157 pound son, who's 17 years old that you think is going to play in the NFL and runs a 5 4 40. I remember talking to a guy one time, of course, in a, in a church parking lot. He was 37, slow, white, and fat. See, slow, S, white, and fat. SWF, slow, white, and fat. And he started to talk to me because he knew I had played college football, and he started, you know, I'm really thinking about, now this guy is, you know, 5'11", 220, and not an ounce of muscle. I'm thinking about, you know what? I'm thinking about trying out for the Bucks. <laughs> I'm serious. And I was like... <laughs> I don't think that's really God's plan. <laughs> it's, it's absolute delusion. But a lot of us live in delusion. We think that things are going to happen, but they won't happen until you do these things. Here it is. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence every day, day in, day out, prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, every day. Add to your faith virtue and your virtue knowledge. Have you done that? Then don't wait for the miraculous. Just slide into heaven. Into knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience. There's a whole lot of works going on here. Uh, yeah, that's the Bible. 
You can't work your way. You can't work your way into God's forgiveness. They had to, that all of our sin had to be lumped onto a spotless lamb. Nothing you can do about that, but discovering the power behind that grace is works. Or you're going nowhere, neither am I. Into godliness, brotherly kindness. Into brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound and make you, that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You gotta add. A D D add. What well do you draw from? What well? Do you draw from your heart? I just believe in my heart. How many Christians say that? Everyone. Not me, but everyone else. But I used to. I just believe in my heart that that's where God wants us to be. That's my counsel to you. Ready? Line up. Receive your counsel. Just believe in my heart, that's what God wants. You're like, Tom, you've been in the church too long. I've been in the church since 1987. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. Some of the ones that are the most blessed during worship fall out every time, whatever it may be. I love falling out. I love being touched by God all in. But are the most useless bags of Christianity on the planet. They are. They don't ever win a soul. They're, just, they're, just, they're basically blessing whores. One service to the next, bless me, bless me, bless me. They don't ever add anything. You're welcome. This is, I told you, it's going to be tough on some of you. I know I won't get some of you back, but I would rather be a truth teller with a small congregation. I'll give, I'll give up the whole building for the truth. People don't, if you don't believe me, you don't know me. I can't live in lies. That's my wife. Drives her crazy because I'm so maniacal about it, overboard actually, which is being controlled by a false prophet again. What well do you draw from? Are you your own false prophet? Well, I follow my heart, the heart, full, the heart that's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and no one can know. That heart. Well, once I got saved, I got a new heart. No, it has to be transformed. Mind and heart are synonymous in Scripture. It has to be transformed by the renewing. It has to be renewed. So you don't follow it. If you have a, if you have a heart or a mind, right? So I follow my heart or I follow my mind. A heart or a mind that needs to be transformed, i.e. Romans 12, 2. When you have a four-year-old, is that or is that not a person? Do they have opinions? Do you do what they tell you to do? Then why do Christians follow a four-year-old mind? They decide who to marry two months in strapping on themselves the rest of their life a person. It's just like all the, it's like, uh, there's Tra Travis and Heather. They have a dog named Titus. He's a cane corso. 120, 130 pound dog. 
He's, he's huge. And like, I don't know if you've ever been around Caden Corsos or not. There's none other like them. I mean, they can throttle it up to 30-something miles an hour. They can jump anything, run anything, and they're, they run from 130 to 180 pounds. They're huge dogs. They have the, the third strongest bite force of any dog, stronger than a pit bull. Very gifted animal. But if you have one, you better have the house ready for it. <laughs> I have a Malamois. You buy a Malamois, you're guaranteed, you, better be, you better walk that dog a minimum of two hours a day. Two hours a day. You're like, you do that, Tom? Yes. He'll be bouncing off the walls. But that's all that he does. He bounces off the walls. You don't take care of a cane corso, he'll eat your house. <laughs> and you think that, I, that, that I'm being uh, exa- ex- exaggeratory or whatever, the way, ex- I think I'm exaggerating. No, eat your house, ask them. Somebody bought Titus as a COVID dog. When you're all locked in, First of all, you're stupid enough to lock in, so you are stupid enough to buy a cane corso that can go nowhere except your home. That's following an infantile mind. It's still a mind. I just follow my heart. Yeah, but how old is your heart? Is your, listen, there's plenty of 60-year-olds in this room. And your mind is a three-year-old. Ooh, man, Tom, you're mean. Okay, am I wrong? I don't know. You decide. I didn't say it was you. I said there's people in this room. If you're offended, it's you. (laughs) So which, if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's calling out your own false prophet. You should out loud right now. Pick your spots. Don't do it at Publix. Say to yourself, I do this. That's not true. That's false. I cannot serve two masters. So that is false doctrine. No, I just believe in my heart. False! No, I think it's time for us to leave the church. You've never, ever had a peaceful moment in your life. And you think it's time to move again? Really? Listen to this. Carnal mind versus the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 7, verse 23. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. What does that mean? That's the renewed mind. Not the carnal mind. The carnal mind is the first part of the verse. I see another law in my members. My thoughts, my feelings, my soul, my emotions. Warring against my renewed mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin. Which is in my members. Remember, bringing me into captivity, which brings us back to that verse.
No, I'm not going to apply it to that. But to whom, to whom you are overcome, by him also he is made captive. And you go right here. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity. Into captivity. Listen to this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26. That they may come to their senses, written to the church, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the enemy, escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his works. Well, I just follow my heart. You don't follow your heart. That's a false prophet, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. What's your heart, by the way? When somebody is irritating you, what's your heart and what's your spirit? Which one is it? You ought to know. A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Proverbs 12, 16. Do you show your annoyance at once? You're following a false prophet. It's your own mind. (sighs) Believe me, this hurts me as much or more than it hurts you. Because I'll be honest with you, I always show my annoyance at once. And it's the truth, sadly. Oh, here it is, that's what I was looking for. Talking about bondage, back to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. While they promise them liberty, while we promise ourselves liberty, we're slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. See to it, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive. C minus. C minus. Four letter word, ready? Mute. I don't know who you are, don't be upset. I don't even know who you are. And don't tell me either, don't. Oh, so by the way, it was, it was Aaron. Don't I want to know? Don't come up to me at the end. See to it that no one takes you captive. Through what? Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. What well are you pulling from? Hollow and deceptive philosophy? And if you're a jerk, that's who you are. You're hollow and and deceived. I always like to just make sure people understand because people believe. Pastor Rodney was telling me about a minister that he knew. He traveled everywhere with his wife. You're like, oh, that's so sweet. No, it wasn't. Because everywhere, every hotel they went to, they had to have separate rooms because he had to be alone to get with God. Okay? He's captive. He's completely, actually 
in captivity. Well, you know what? My well that I draw from is not my mind. It's not my heart. It's my tradition or my past experiences. All right, well, let's look at that. Is that a good well or is that bitter water? But what if they're good? What if they're good experiences? What, what, if, what, what if they're good traditions? What, 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 what? I have some good traditions. You know, I, we, you know, we have our Christmas tree and I've always, you know, I get eggnog and, but if that's my source, I'm gonna be empty. It's great, there's some traditions, but look at this. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your traditions. Matthew chapter 15, verse six. Hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human traditions. This was all exposed over the last 31 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. Everyone understand what I'm saying when I say that, right? 15 days has turned into 32 months next month. This was all exposed then because the entire body of Christ, with notable acceptance, Foundation Church, River Church, Tampa, Greg Locke, wherever he is, Arthur Pulaski in Alberta, Canada, Jonathan Shuttlesworth at the time an evangelist, with a few exceptions, you know, don't let me forget, the commandment of God, I mean, make you of no effect to, the, to, the, to your tradition. Don't let me forget that. that's where I'm at. There was a, a, I think it was a Twitter post or Twitter account that was saying, you know what, name the ministries that fell to the COVID tyranny, that caved capitulated, complied. And, you, and, they just, and people just started to send them in. Hope was reading them to me. And it's every single name you've ever heard. Seriously. And I finally told Hope, because Hope will just keep it going. That the job has to be done now. So when she starts, it's start to finish. So finally, I just interject and I say, you know what, it'd just be better if they said, you know what, name the ones that didn't. Because there's only like four. This was all exposed during COVID. Matthew 15, six. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect through your tradition. So what was the tradition of most Christians? Compliance. What's the commandment of God? You bind and you loose, Matthew 16, 19. But instead, they went with tradition, which is to listen to your ruling authorities. That's not biblical, by the way. Romans chapter 13, it's not biblical. Hey, we don't even have ruling authorities. You know, Christians will be like, well, you know, I like you know, some of the Bible stuff that Tom says, but I really don't care about his radical uh, patriotism. All right, well, I'm not, I'm not being radically patriotic. I'm being biblical. What do you mean by that? Well, it says to obey your ruling authorities in Romans chapter 13, right? Well, what is my ruling authority? The Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, those are my ruling authorities, the Bill of Rights. So I'm more biblical than you are 
And I'm more Romans 13 than you are. Because you didn't listen, you didn't, you didn't obey your ruling authorities. You, you obeyed unelected experts. Because that's your tradition. You know, if you put medical on it, I'll do whatever you say. All you gotta do is put a medical label on. Well, you know, we gotta, we gotta make sure we listen to our, our health experts who are just trying to save our lives, even though every one of them is compromised by money and by narrative and by leftist narrative. And when I say everyone, there's notable exceptions, of course. Making the commandment of God of no effect to tradition. I just listen, I just comply. That's what they, they never looked under a microscope and you complied. They sent people to China to ask, hey, how are you guys doing with your zero COVID? We wanna, we wanna emulate you. Which by the way is why Dr. Oz lost. Because that's exactly what he was espousing. If you're wondering why he lost. People don't want, listen, you know what? Don't, in these, in these times, don't, don't go for politicians who are the most electable. Go for the ones who just tell the truth. And are actually willing to not be elected. There aren't many of those, Tom. I know. Believe me, I know. So let me ask you this. Do you want new ground? Okay, there's three people over here and Pete over to my right. So (laughs) nobody else this way and four people and more towards the front over here. And by the way, I'm just going to be very confrontational. You know, I hate to be confrontational, but I'm going to be confrontational. (laughs) Which, by the way, is actually the truth. You know why everybody didn't go, yes! But if I said to you, you're blessed and your best days are ahead and God is coming, revival is here, hey! But when I asked if you wanted to take new ground, crickets. Because now you know prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, Every day. And you're like, eh, I don't know if I want new ground. I'd rather just be anesthetized by my phone. Just sedate me. Sedate me, Lord, while my kids go straight to hell. I'll just pretend like they're going to heaven. Listen, if your kids look like this during worship... Don't plan on them going to heaven. You don't, you don't act like this toward God. If you're heaven bound. You don't. You don't. So I ask again. Do you want to take new ground? <laughs> well, then you're going to have to listen to the right prophet. You're gonna to have to draw from the right well, and the right prophet is the Son of God and the voice of the Holy Ghost. You're gonna to have to listen to him, or you're not gonna take new ground. We're all we're we're going into to take new ground. Hey, you know, you're gonna to have to listen. I don't want you overly excited. I want you thinking, you know, New Year's is coming. Everybody is gonna go on a diet, and everybody's excited. Just don't. Prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship every day of your life 
Food won't be your God anymore and the weight will fall off. So here's the right well. Now let's look at this. Numbers, it is 1156. Everybody good? We'll be out of here by four o'clock. We'll be out of here at normal time. Everybody good? This is what I'm finishing with right here. So if you want to take new ground, you're going to have to get your probed from the right well. You have to get your living water from the right well. You want to save your marriage. You want a sick loved one healed. You want to be happy. You want to be full of joy. You want to be victorious. You're going to have to pull from the right source. So let's look at how to do it right and how to do it wrong in closing right here. Numbers chapter 13, verses 30, and 30, verses 30 through 33. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. That is everything. You are more than conquerors. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 37. You are more than conquerors. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, 35 through 37. And you need to look at those things too, as I've told you before. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship? Those are demonic spirits. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses because what were they doing? Griping, griping and complaining. Let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up, to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And by the way, that's what most Christians are doing who are listening to their heart. It's just thinly veiled cowardice. It's a way out. Just listen to my heart. I think that's time to move on right now. I think, we, I think we've, um, you know, we've, we've got all that we could get out of this ministry and God is just moving us in another direction. You're a coward. You don't want to get your hands dirty with people. You're watching right now and you won't attend, you won't come in person. The church that you attend, you live right here in Northport or Inglewood or Port Charlotte, but you won't come in person because somebody in this building has bothered you. It's thinly veiled cowardice. Yeah, you got, this is people. People hurt. I get in fights with people. I've had two knockdown dragouts with my neighbor in the last five months. I think it's time for me to move out of the neighborhood now because, you know, it just isn't, just isn't, isn't the right atmosphere and, you know, things just haven't gone the right way. I don't care. Bring it on. I wanted to say that one time. There's this captain at the sheriff's office who wouldn't leave me alone. This always just torment me. And I, I went for other accountability to make sure that I was in the right. And I just wanted to finally tell the guy, because he's writing me up, and I'm looking at, like, Brian back here, PMP entries, if that still exists, and all that stuff where you get, 
you negative uh, reports or whatever you call them, and uh, evaluations. And I just wanted to tell the guy, listen, why don't we just take our guns off? <laughs> you know, let's just go behind Publix. You're a fully viable, healthy male. So am I. I don't know who will win. Honestly, I'm not saying I'm Billy Bad, but I'm not. I'm just saying instead of this little tit-for-tat girly, 12-year-old girl, middle school stuff that you're pulling, let's just go behind Publix. We'll take our police cars <laughs> and a neutral source, take off our guns, our rings, and everything else we're wearing, caps done, everything else, tasers, batons, We'll put them all in the back of the blue. Let's just fight. Let's just do that. Let's just get it over with. So you have one person saying here, they go up and they spy out the promised land. Let us go up at once and take possession before we're able to overcome it. And then everybody else... Nobody but Caleb and Joshua. Everybody else. No. Though none, listen, you, you need to remember something. Though all may leave you, still I will follow. Everybody will say that you are wrong. Was, have we not seen that? You are wrong. You are lacking compassion. Show me in the Bible. Where I'm lacking compassion, show it to me. And I'll instill that compassion that you speak of, but you can't. This person, these people, although all of the same faith, all had walked, walked through the Red Sea on dry land together looked back and saw the chariots and the horses and the soldiers swallowed up by the sea together. One says we are well able to overcome it. Let's go up and take possession at once. And one says we are not able to go against these people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the, which came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, in their own sight. What prophet were they following? So we were in so and so we were in their sight. Which, by the way, did they go and actually ask the descendants of the giants? Are we, are we grasshoppers in your sight? No, they prophesied it to themselves. They prophesied their own words to themselves. And they prophesied the sons of giants' words to themselves. Because they were their own false prophet. Don't let that happen. To you. Amen? Amen? Worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. 1 Samuel 15, 23. I'll close right here. Most of you know this, most of you know this story or these, this section of scripture. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight 
in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord, the correct prophet? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. Here's the part I want you to hear. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Everybody leaves it right there. Everybody's got that portion of 1 Samuel 15, 23 memorized. We're closing right here. Relax. Everybody's got it. Tom's going to talk about rebellion? No, not. I'm going to talk about the next line. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. No Harry Potter. We're all standing... Standing against Harry Potter. What's the next line? And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Which one's worse? I don't know. You know why? One's not worse than the other. Rebellion, witchcraft, stubbornness, same thing. And a lot of people think of stubbornness as an attribute. It's not. It's thinly veiled cowardice. You will not take new ground. Sticking to them, staying. I've done this. I've done these things the same way for years. Got the same results. But you know what? I'm going to keep doing the same things, and I'm going to take new ground. That's insanity. If you want to take new ground, you have to follow the right prophet. That prophet's right here. You follow that prophet. Now in order, you can play Aaron, you're good. In order to follow that prophet, guess what you gotta do with this bad boy? Shut that black device or whatever color you put your case on it, whatever that color is. Shut that thing off. Be still and know God. Well, Tom, that sounds boring. You know, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Shut it all down, be still, and know that he is God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. Praise you, Lord, today. Praise you, Lord, today. It's 12.07. Here's my time guarantee. Are you ready? Time guarantee. We'll be out of here no later than 12.15. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you this. You need to get your life right with God this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed, don't be that one. Will I call you out? Maybe. This is serious business. Do you need to get your life right with God this morning? You already know what that means. You already know that it's not right. I don't need to be specific. Whether you're a backslidden Christian or you've never gotten saved, you need to get your life right with God. Maybe you're a fraudulent Christian. Maybe everybody around you, your parents, maybe you're 12 years old, you're 13 years old, and your parents think that you're solid, but you know that you're not. You know you're just playing Christian, playing churchgoer. Understand that this life is temporal. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. It won't fool God. It never has, never will. So if you need to get your life right this morning, now is your time. I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not going to acknowledge you publicly. It's between me, you, and God. I will be your witness this morning or this afternoon. If you need to get your life right with God, your sin's forgiven. Now is your moment. 
Right where you are at. So all I'm gonna ask you to do physically, right where you are at, stretch your hand up. Right now, right now, all over this room. If it's you and you hesitated, do it now. Come on, do it now. Beautiful, what a beautiful sight, you can put them down. Those of you who lifted up your hands, pray this prayer out loud with the rest of the congregation and you are saved. Let's pray this fervently and let's pray this out loud. Everybody, here we go. Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on and I receive you as Lord and I receive you as Savior and I am now totally and completely saved in Jesus' name. Praise you. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.